of the parking space and we don't want to ruin the lady's, her name is Mrs. Farley, we don't want to ruin her um, complex. So we're going to postpone it till next week and hopefully more and more people will come. Amen? Amen. You can expect several diversions this morning because just going to say it. The more I got into the Word of God, and the more you perhaps it's occurred to you, the more you get into the Word of God, the more fascinating and just indescribably rich with the riches of Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? I don't want to go too far without getting into the text. The name of the text is Growing in Christ. I did my best as far as my capacity was concerned to stay with the topic Growing in Christ. And indeed, it is about growing in Christ, but it's from a different perspective. You're going to see that in a moment. Number two. There is a man, a miniature man, if I can say, trying to pry up the rock of ages, which is Jesus Christ. But doing his best, he gets nowhere. And I want to say this to anyone here who's a Christian. That's right, I'm talking to Christians and non-Christians. You can do your best if you're out of sync with the Lord, if you are a Christian. It means you're not following his path. You can do your best to pry up the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And if you're a Christian... And congratulations, you're in in the will of God. But if you're a Christian and you're out of sync and trying to say, well, I got accepted as Christ as my personal Savior, but I no longer trust in him. I no longer follow him. The Lord has got a way of putting his hands on you. I'm talking to Christians. And bringing you back into the right perspective Can I get a witness? In other words, bringing you back to where you and I belong. I'm going to stay on this just for a moment. I had my notes. I want you to know I couldn't find my notes nowhere. But I remember them. Referring to the Rock of Ages, there's no other name. given among men whereby you must be saved. I'm going to say it again. That's Acts 4.12. There's no other name. I don't care how you pry him up, try to carry him away, try to say he's just a man. There's no other name given among men whereby you and I must be saved. Not might be saved, must be saved. Acts 4.12. Can I get an amen? Amen. I thank God for Jesus Christ, the rock of ages. And speaking about the rock of ages, I have a similar expression found in the Old Testament in Psalms. 18.2. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get done with this message. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, 
my rock, my rock. I'm sorry, I didn't say that right. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I want you to notice something in verse 2. The Lord is my rock, as the picture says. And my fortress and my deliverer, my rock, my God, in whom I take refuge. He's the horn of my salvation. I don't know why I'm saying this, but do you know that you can get saved just by, I shouldn't say just that, by, that sounds too trivial, by trusting in the rock of ages. Can I get a witness? Some of you, including me, have already trusted him. And we have found that he is the rock. Take refuge in him. My shield and the horn of my salvation. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. We talk about this message. I, I talk, title this message, Growing in Christ. Do you know that one of the ways that you can grow in Christ, I call upon the Lord who is worthy. Every born again Christian, don't you know, this rock, you can praise him every day. Can I get a witness? I'm going to ask you, is praise on your lips and mine? Do you wake up thanking the Lord for just waking you up and in your right mind, just being able to stand and move and think? You think those things are trivial, but they mean so much to you and more to the Lord. Let me move on. Again, the last time we met, this presentation was focused upon four elements or four areas as a means to Christian growth. I'm going to say this, and I don't have anybody in mind, so don't get me wrong. We need to grow as Christians. God talks to us. We talk to God. We talk with our new family. We talk with others about Christ. But today's message only seeks to expand just upon, number one, God talks to us. Imagine that. And I'm not being funny. Imagine that God talks to you and me. And expanding on number one, God talks to us, allows me to approach it from what I hope is a different angle, number four. And my focus remains on a portion of that presentation. So here it goes. Its beginning are taken from our daily bread. Despite knowing that the electricity wasn't working in our house after a strong storm and inconveniently commenting upon this and my neighbor, I instinctively flipped on a light switch when I entered the room. Of course, nothing happened. I was still enveloped in darkness. That experience, expecting light even when I knew the connection to the power source was broken, vividly reminds me of a spiritual truth. Too often we expect power even as we fail to rely on, what's the next two words? The Holy Spirit. You got to be connected to the power source. He's called the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? 
Before I get off track, I'm going to go to the next one, number five. First Thessalonians. Paul wrote of the way God caused the gospel message to come, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. And when we accept God's forgiveness, believers too have immediate access to the power of his spirit in our lives. I'm trying to keep myself contained, but I got to say this. Don't you know every born-again Christian has the power source? He's called. And notice I said he's called. He's a person. That power cultivates in characteristics such as love, how you doing, Christian? Joy, peace, patience, Galatians 4, 22 and 23, and empowers us with gifts to serve the church, including teaching, helping, and guiding. Can I get an amen? I'm going to ask you a question before I go on to number six. Do you have, if you're a born-again Christian, find a Bible-believing church that preaches the gospel? What's the gospel? Just for a moment. The death, the burial, the resurrection, physical resurrection of Jesus Christ, forgiveness of sins. Don't you know that when you accepted Christ as your personal Savior, He forgave all your sins, past, present, and future. And from that, I could say, Hallelujah! What a Savior! So I certainly am a sinner, but I'm saved by His wonderful, awesome grace. I'm going to answer that question again. Find a Bible-believing church and be used of God with the power source. Paul warned, number six, Paul warned his readers that isn't possible, it is possible to quench the Spirit. Did you know that? You and I can quench quench. The Spirit. You can throw water on him. How do you do that, Brother Bruce? By living an ungodly, an unsanctified life. You can throw dirt on him, quench him. But he's not leaving. You can throw water. You're quenching the Holy Spirit. We might restrict the power of the Spirit by ignoring God's presence or rejecting his conviction. But we don't have to live disconnected with him. God's power is always available to his children. Can I get another amen? His, his, his power is available. You don't have to get... You're not going to like this. You don't have to get saved all over again. And many people believe that you can lose your salvation. I want to testify today. If you and I could lose your salvation, you lost it. Because you certainly can't keep it. Can I get an amen? God saved you once for all and forever. And he is going to work with you if you let him throughout your entire life. You're one of his children. And he's not going to let you go. He's not letting you go carefree like you and I. Notice I said you and I, you can do anything. No, you can't do anything. Number seven. Now, I offer two questions for you and me. Is this power source 
the Holy Spirit in you. I hope you're listening because one day you and I are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Not whether you're saved or lost, but what did you do after you got saved? Is the power source, the Holy Spirit, is he active or inactive? Number eight. As a matter of fact, are you connected at all? Now I'm talking to you, sinner. I'm talking to you because we need to get saved. You need to get saved. Here's a man pictured. He's, 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 he's like this. All his life, the Lord has been talking to him, but he just wouldn't listen. And now it's a life of regret. Don't let it happen to you. Don't let it happen. It does a, it's, a, it's a memory of wickedness. I don't know if you can read the pictures up there, but some of them depict various things in his life, such as don't want to help anybody. That's on your right-hand side. Ready to kill, still. A life of debauchery. Now he looks back on a, a memory of wickedness. Don't let it happen to you, Christian. Don't let it happen to you. The first thing, if you're unsaved, you need to do is to, I don't know if you can get on your knees, however you can do it, you need to get on your knees if you can and say, Lord, I accept you as my personal. It's all personal. Can I get a witness? And do you know the moment you do that, it's a moment in time, God will save you. Amen. Number nine. We all need to ask this question, is this power source in you regarding the Holy Spirit? 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? The Spirit of God. The person who was with God in the beginning. In the beginning, God created. He was there. He's got the Holy Spirit and he dwells in every Christian. Let me read it again. What? I added that word. Don't you know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? And 619 says, Or do you not know that you, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? Who did you get it from? You got it from God. He didn't send one of his other Entities, he sent the Holy Spirit, the same person who was with him when he said, let us make man in our image. He's in you if you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior. I got some details on that. I'm not going to let that go. I want you to see something. Number 10. Back to 3.16 of Corinthians. Do you not know that you are a temple of God? And that God, the Spirit of God dwells in you. That's the NASB. Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Notice the word dwells. He's not going and coming like he did in the Old Testament. He stays with you. Thank you, brother. Do you not know that you are a temple of God? And that God's spirit lives in you? Number 11. Can you say love of Christ? There it is. There's a man who's deeply involved in serving Christ. 
He's got faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, kindness, love. At the bottom of his feet, you can't hardly tell him. He's put some things aside. Bitterness, wrath, gossip, and all those other things do not belong in your life as a Christian. Can I get a witness? I'm going to say that list again, part of it. Patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity, which is another word for love, knowledge. What do you mean by that? He's in the Word. That's how God speaks to you today. Get in His Word and He'll speak to you. Don't let this be a doormat book or dormant book. And at the bottom of the page where you see the man standing up, the sanctified Christian. Say sanctified. Do you know what sanctified means? It means set apart. God sets you apart. You can't live a, you can't live a dormant Christian life. He won't let you. He'll always try to empower you to get your attention. Sanctified. The short a short temple history. Talking about you. Talking about me. Pastor Jack would really like this. The word naas originally meant a dwelling place, especially the dwelling place of a god, a temple, or the innermost area of such. Paul stands clear on the basis of the Jewish tradition when he speaks of the naas. The redeemed community is the temple of God. And God's spirit dwells in her, where God's name dwells in the temple. Paul declares to the Athenians that the God who made the world and everything in it, in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples naas built by hands. Oh, what are you talking about? Can you elaborate on that a little bit, Pastor? Be careful. There's a fellow named Demetrius. Acts 19.24 refers to a silversmith named Demetrius who made silver shrines, Naas, of Artemis, which brought much business. He accused Paul of turning many people by his preaching. Here, Naas has a pagan implication or temples. Let me go on. Page 14. You are the temple of God. This is to be understood of the community of Christians or the church as being the place where God dwells on earth. The idea is derived from the mode of the speaking of the Jews, where they are said often in the Old Testament to be the temple and habitation of God. The allusion probably to the fact that God dwelt by a visible symbol, the Shekinah. In the temple, and that this abode was there, or his abode was there, as he dwelt there among the Jews, as he had there at the temple a dwelling place, so he dwells among Christians. Can I get an amen? I'm going to say this. I'm going to go on with this further so you don't get the wrong impression. In you is the Holy Spirit, the naas. And where does he dwell? In the, you, you saw the illustration. He dwells in the innermost. Say innermost. That's why every born again Christian is translated into the kingdom of God or his person, 
not from the outside, but he gets into your innermost being and changes your life. I'm going to say it again. I said it before. This is an inside job. And that's why every Christian is a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Brand new. Not makeover. But brand new from the inside out. And that's why you can't stay the same. Because the Holy Spirit won't let you stay the same unless you keep on quenching him. I got more to say on this number 15. Before I get corrected, I want you to see something. Number 15, from the fact that it was the peculiar residence of Jehovah. I know it's better trans. I just used what they had. It's better translated Yahweh. Among the heathen also temples were regarded as sacred. Say sacred. Don't you know God has placed upon you as being a sacred vessel for Jesus Christ? You're set apart. You are something in him. You're not a nobody. You're a somebody. Not because of your ego, but because of what God has done in your life. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me start again. From the fact that it was a peculiar residence. Say peculiar. And I, I know it's in, in the New Testament in Peter. You're a peculiar people. There ought to be something different about you. You don't talk the same. You're not trying to be uppity. But you don't talk the same. You don't act the same. There's something different about you. At least there should be. Among the heathen also temples were regarded as sacred. They were supposedly inhabited by the divinity to whom they were dedicated. Let me ask you a question. Only you can answer it. Are you dedicated? Or are you just doing anything you will want to do? I once was. Maybe you were. And I was a Christian. And I was trying to do anything I wanted to do. God brought me to my senses. They were regarded as invaluable. I know it says another word, but I'm saying, invalu I'm saying invaluable. Those who took refuge were safe. It was a crime of the highest degree to violate a temple or to tear, tear a fugitive to assault protection from it. Yeah, I said it right. So the apostle says of the Christian community, they were regarded as his temple. God dwelt among them, and they should regard themselves as holy. And as a consecrated to his service. Not your service, not what you want, not what I want, but his service. God has a design for you personally. And they should regard themselves as holy and consecrated to his service. And so it is to regard as a species of sacrilege to violate that temple. Every time you and I, I don't know how to say it without saying it. Thank you. Every time you and I get out of fellowship with God, you're violating the temple, your body. Can I get a witness? What, what do you want from me? Do, do you want to water down everybody's good, goody two-shoes? Or do you want the truth? Thank you. Please. Maybe, maybe that's why sometimes there's so little people in this church. Because they want to hear something. I'm okay. You're okay. Everybody's going to heaven. And by the way, when you get saved... 
you're a citizen. Read Revelation of heaven and earth. I won't go into that further. You can see me later. Devoted it to others. Uses. Number 16. Did you get it? Temple. Inner sanctuary. Naas. Spirit of God dwells in you with each one of you. Power Bible. I wonder who sent the Holy Spirit. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you for how long? Forever. I'm going to say it again. The Holy Spirit doesn't come and go. He stays with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive but it, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Jesus made that promise. And whatever Jesus prays to his heavenly father, the father will do it because it's in his will. I have to ask myself this question. Maybe you should ask the question too. Brother Bruce, not your will, not my will, but your will be done. Here's some excellent comments on 316, number 17. This verse is sometimes applied to the individual as God's temple. It is true that the believer is God's temple, indwelt by God's Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.19. However, this particular verse, 1 Corinthians 3.16, does not apply to the individual, but within the context. Let me slow down. Within the context of this passage, it is the church. I'm going to say something. You are not the church. You are members of the church. That's why, that's why, Brother Bruce, I don't have to go to church because I am the church. No, you're not the church. You're members of the church. And we need each other. And that's a sin for you to say, I don't need to go to church. I am the church. You're not the church. Putting yourself on a pedestal. I don't need to go to any church. You got that wrong. You need to go somewhere where you can serve. And you're a member of the church. There are two Greek words for temple. Heron, I even tried to spell it out. He, Aaron, refers to the temple precincts. That's the outside. The second, Naas, uh, you see it there, refers to the sanctuary. The shrine proper. It is the Naas, the sanctuary. The sanctuary, the shrine proper used here. I'm going to say it again. God reached into your innermost being to save your soul. And not only did he get to your innermost being, your naas, he begins to work his way out into your life. Can I get a witness? Thank God that he's working. That I, I know some children sing this song, and I'm not going to try to sing. Say, I'm not going to try to sing it. He's. He, it took seven days or six days to move the stars. I'm not going to get all the way. God's still working on me. Paul says it this way. Before I go on to 18, work out your own salvation. Well, you just said, you all talking about salvation is free. Don't get it wrong. Work out what you already possess. You have some talents that God wants to use, whether he puts them in there or whether he made them new. It could even be 
poetry. It could be singing. It could be serving. There's something God has for you to do. Work it out. The word temple is singular, but the word you is plural. Scripture is clear. You, all the Corinthian believers, are the temple and sanctuary of God in whom the Holy Spirit lives. The stress is upon the presence of God. Say presence of God. Have you ever sensed the presence of God in your life? You certainly can. His very presence lives in the sanctuary, within the shrine proper. The point is powerful. God lives among all the believers in the church. The Spirit of God lives in the church in a very, very special sense. No matter where they may be, I know, says me. The church itself, the body of believers, is the sanctuary for God's presence. That's why it's good for you to get in, not a dead church but a Bible-believing church. Before I go on to the next page, if you sense from where you're going that they don't preach, it's, this is not part of the notes, the grace, the awesome grace. And uh, there was a man in here yesterday, and, and he said, this. He had me in tears. It is finished. It's paid in full. Jesus, there's a song. Jesus paid it all. He paid the penalty, the death penalty, separation from God. And you're not going to like this because I, I don't like to talk. In hell, forever. I was in a car the other day. It didn't have any heat. I'm sorry, it didn't have any, didn't have any, uh, it was heated up. I said, can you imagine me, it was my own car, by the way. Yeah, I don't want you to get the wrong impression. It was my own car. I need to get some car, I forget what it's called. Freon. I didn't have any Freon. I got to get my car fixed. Can you imagine me being in that car forever? No relief. Can, can, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it again. Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, went through hell for you and me. No wonder he would cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was experienced the heat. You don't believe that? Turn to Isaiah. I'm not going to turn there now. Isaiah 53. He was experienced the wrath of God. And if you're not here, if you're here this morning and you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, don't wait. That's all I'm going to say about that. It is extremely important. It is a truth that should be stressed just as much as the spirit dwelling or indwelling in the body of a Christian believer. For the final temple of church is to, is to result in severe judgment. I hope you got that. I said it so fast, maybe you didn't get it. This is extremely important. It is a truth that should be stressed just as much as the spirits indwelling the body of the Christian believer. For defiling the temple or the church is to, is to result in severe, severe judgment. Say severe judgment. Here I'm getting out of, I'm not going to try, try to get ahead of myself. I'm going to tell you right now. Well, I could do anything. I know I said it before. I can do anything I want. I'm saved now. Ladies and gentlemen, kings, priests, soulcomers, you are putting yourself behind the eight ball. What's the eight ball? Severe judgment from God. 
Where do you find that? First Corinthians three seventeen and other verses. Second Corinthians chapter five. This is the very point Paul is making. The Corinthian church was being defiled by some. Some were grumbling. How about you? Misbehaving and being divisive. They were in danger of the severest judgment. I didn't say they lost their salvation. They're in judgment from Almighty God. They needed to learn and fear. I'm going to say this, and I'm not, I hope you don't misunderstand me. Please, I don't care what church it is, go to a church where you're going to learn something and not just say hallelujah. Oh, that should be, but are you learning anything? Do you know about Christ? Do you know about the physical resurrection? Do you know about the judgment seat of Christ? Do you know about Gehenna? Do you know about all these, which is another word for hell? I was on the street the other day along with some other people. Main Street. We met several people. I still remember this one man as he walked by. No, don't come with that stuff. We tried to talk to him. And finally another Christian stepped up and spoke to him a little bit. You're not gonna like this either. It's a fearful thing to stand in the presence of a holy God. They needed to learn and fear. They were defiling the very temple of God, the sanctuary in which God's own spirit lived. Grumbling, complaining, I'm going to say this, and I hope you think I'm not bragging. I have learned. Notice, it was a process. I learned to depend. Say, Lord, this is too difficult for me. You're going to have to have it. You're going to have, I'm going to put it in your hands. Can I get a witness? And every Christian has that same opportunity. We read in the very beginning, the Lord is my refuge and my rock. Are you standing on the rock or are you standing on who you are and what you've been doing and who, how great you are? Without Jesus, you're on very shaky ground. And without the Holy Spirit living within you to give you strength, Paul said it this way. As soon as I say it, somebody will know. I can do all things through Christ who, what? Strengthens me. He'll strengthen you. Number 20. How are your and my continually defined the temple? I didn't say it right. How are your and my defiling, continually find the, the Holy Spirit? Are you? You can do it. I'm not even going to answer that. You, you know when you're doing it. Severe judgment is coming to you. Doesn't matter who you are, born again or not born again. Can I get a witness? Oh, Brother Bruce, don't you know the Bible says... When you're dead, you're dead. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? You're not your own. You belong to God. 
I will ask the Father. I know I said it again. I even have the word again up here. So you don't think it's a misprint. I ask the God that he will give you another comfort. And the reason why, say another. Do you know that the Holy Spirit, there's two words for another. One is A-L-L-O-S and the other is, I forgot, I forgot it temporarily. Anyhow, the one, oh, heteros. So, alos means another of the same kind. When Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, he sent someone just like him. I'm trying to get 22, my... Can't get it. Here, here it comes. Astonishing! Your individual body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. What an astonishing thing this is! As truth as the living God dwelt in the mosaic tabernacle and in the temple of Solomon, so does the Holy Spirit truly dwell in the souls of genuine Christians. Say genuine. I'm going to ask you a question, and only you can answer it. Say genuine again. Are you a genuine Christian, or are you pretending? You got all the lingo and everything Christians say, but you know you're not born again. You know you're not saved. And as the temple and all its utensils were wholly separated from a common and profane usage and dedicated alone to the service of God, so do the bodies. So the bodies of genuine Christians are holy and all their members should be employed in the service of God. And you are not your own. You have no right over yourselves to dispose either of your body or of its members as you may think proper or lawful. You are bound to God and to him you are accountable. Say accountable. Whether you know it or not, you and I are accountable for God. Singular. Brother Bruce, it looks like you're starting all over again. No, I'm not. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own body, holy temple? The body is designed to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is the one glorious truth of the, both Christian and Christian faith. I didn't say it right. Let me slow down. This is one of the glorious truths of the both Christian, uh, I should say scripture and Christian experience. The word body is singular. Each believer is a temple of the Spirit of God. Why you, why you keep going over that? I want you to know you're not your own. I can do anything I want. I said it before, no you can't. I'm not going to get through 36 pages, it doesn't matter. John 14, 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. John 14, 20, and that day you shall know that I am in the Father and you are with me. Wait a minute, we just talked about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, I'm going to be in you. Where'd you get that from? Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, wait a minute. You just said spirit of God, now you turn the spirit of Christ. Who is Christ? He's the eternal son of God. 
spirit of God's spirit of Christ. I'm not trying to figure that out. I'm on page 25. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Say idols. I have no idea who I'm talking to. Maybe I'm not talking to anybody. Idols. I know I had you to say it. Who's your idol? Is it the TV? Is it money? Is it cars? Is it women? What, what, what's your idol? Is it your ego? You think you're better than anybody else? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? So you are the temple of the living God. And God has said to you, I will dwell in them. Wait a minute. Spirit of God? Now the, God said, I'll dwell in you. And walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Ephesians 2.22 In whom you also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. 2 Timothy 1.14 that good thing which was committed unto that good thing which was committed unto you keep by the Holy Spirit which dwells in you. I hope some of this stuff hits you and me like a dagger. First John two twenty seven, but the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. I wonder what that's anointing. It's the Holy Spirit. And you need not that any man teach you. No, I'm not saying that we don't need to be taught. You have to read this in context. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie and even as it has taught you I'm going to say it again. One of the tragedies of we Christians is that after you got saved, you got saved and you stood there. I'm going to, I'm going to pull out something I have. Oh, I don't have it. Tom, would you go back and get one for me, please? that you looked at and I want to show you something uh, and while he's looking at as he's doing that and as for you the anointing which you have received abides in you and you have no need to anyone teach you and his anointing teaches you one of the tragedies of Christian people is that after you got saved you're still a spiritual baby can I get a witness You're still a baby. Number 27. In an earlier slide, I asked you the question, is the Holy Spirit active or inactive in your life? I've already read this verse. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, say obeyed. Thank you, brother. This is talking about a person who's already saved. And look at verse 13. I better go back to verse 12. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work. See, at work. He's at work. He's not complacent. He's at work. Both to will. What does that mean? He even affects your will. He transforms your will, your desires. 
to work for whose pleasure? Not for your pleasure, but for his. Thanks, Tom. I'm going to put these out. They're in a white envelope. Fundamental truths about true Christianity. I can't read the whole thing. But there are 14 truths that he picked out. What he experienced. When I was born into the family of God and now have a personal relationship as my heavenly father. Who's that? God. He's my provider and protector as well as my creator. Did you get that? The creator is, is now your personal savior. That is just outrageous. Let me read number two. And I'll stop. My name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Can I get a witness? Let me add this to it. And after you find out your name was in the in the Lamb Book of Life, <laughs> the Lamb Book of Life, you'll find out it was already there before you even thought, because God chose you, he picked you out. I don't want to get into that, but some of you know what I mean. Your name was already there. For it is God who is at work in you. I'm going to ask you, Christian, I'm just going to say this, you're going to be sorry. You're not sorry now, but you're going to be sorry if you don't pick up the pieces and try to do something for Jesus. It's going to be a sorry moment. And if you don't think Christians are going to be saved at the, at the, not, at the not at the save, but at, the, at his work, there is a picture where it says you're going to be shamed at his coming. Don't be shamed. Amen. I don't want to go over time. I want you to go to 32. Good. For God is at work both in you through what? The Holy Spirit. I want to get one of the neglected truths of Christians and teaching you don't talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a person. And he should be treated as a person. For it is God who would work in you every holy purpose, pious resolution, good word and good work must come from him. You must be workers together with him that you receive not his grace in vain. Have you received the grace in vain? I'm going to say this. I have no idea who I'm talking to. Only you know. If you're just where you were 10 years ago as a Christian, fill in the rest. We all need to be growing. These are going to be on the back. Here's what it says. 14 wonderful things happened to me when I accepted Christ into my heart. And I could add on to that. When I accepted Christ into my heart, the Holy Spirit, the power source came to. Can I get an amen? 